Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. The Tuesday football event you've been waiting for. We have Timothy P. Brown of FootballArchaeology.com visiting us today to talk about emblems on the front of football jerseys in the 19-teens and 20s. Tim's up in a moment to tell us all about the story right after this. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to Tuesday and a research journey to footballarchaeology.com and Timothy P. Brown. Tim, welcome back to the Pigpen. Darren, thank you. Looking forward to chatting as always. Should be, uh, this is, I think, actually a pretty fun one. Not that others aren't, but, you know, this one's just particularly fun. Yeah, this is this is a neat one because we get to talk about uniform adornment. Uh, your tidbit back in the middle of May was titled "Football Jerseys with Emblems." So this is a fascinating uh, spectacle of, of football that uh, we love colors and uh, seeing teams with you know great designs on their their uniforms. So this is maybe the start of it. Yeah, you know, well, the weird, weird thing is, I was um, looking at a, you know, I was running through some social media tonight happen to see a, a a guy wearing a jersey from the 90s and it may have been an arena team it could have been you know whatever some off league but anyways they had a big dog on the um on the jersey and the, the number was smaller but anyways i hadn't seen anything like that for quite some time so so this one is about like you know if you think about it um you know hockey especially uh you know, they've got jerseys on their sweaters, right? Or not jerseys, they've got emblems on the sweaters. The Red Wings, you know, I live in the Detroit area. They got the the wheel and the wing, right? And everybody else has some kind of a, um, even if it's just a word mark, or the, the Blackhawks, mm-hmm. whomever, you know, they've got, they got a big emblem. And even baseball has some. Um, basketball has a pretty good number of emblems. You know, the, a lot of times it's just, you know, the, the word mark or something like that. But it's not unusual, like San Francisco's, you know, or Golden State has had, you know, their the Golden Gate Bridge and things like that on their jerseys. But football doesn't, typically has not had that. So, um, so you know, I was trying to figure out, okay, when did they have them and, you know, kind of why and, you know, why don't they anymore, those kinds of things. And so, you know, football had um, – so you know, at the at the beginning, a lot of times football teams wore jerseys with the like the main letter, like um, Y if you were playing for Yale, or an H if you played for Harvard, 
or they'd have smaller let you know smaller combination of letters like slippery rock normal school might have sr and s you know so i mean there's if you look at old time pictures you see even on like the canvas jackets the canvas canvas vests you see those kinds of initials um but you know oftentimes they were just plain and even when you know the first numbers were worn on the backs of jerseys in 1905 and um it took a long time took a couple decades really for teams to start wearing numbers on the front of their jerseys so in the meantime you end up having you know you had the onset in say mid mid teens you had the onset of you know sti uh, stickum cloth um or uh, friction strips i mean there's different names for it but you know if you think if you think about you know almost any picture of of red grange you see you know the vertical stripes on his jersey and he's probably got stripes on the inside of his of his arms um and that was like kind of a treated leather that you know the belief was that it helped running backs in particular care you know hold on to the ball and when those first came out, they, a lot of times they're just big ovals or even squares on the front of the jerseys. But they, you know, they had a functional use, but then people kind of got fancy with them and they started creating designs. And they put started putting them on the linemen too, who sometimes carried the ball, but, you know, for the most part did not. And became quite a, a laundering nightmare, I'm sure, after the game trying to clean up. Yeah, I don't uniforms. know how the heck they did it sometimes, you know. Um, <laughs> probably didn't wash them is probably what they did. Yeah. Well, and back then they didn't, you know, I mean, hardly anybody wore white, but here and there, they, you know, there were teams did, but how they got that stuff clean, I don't know. Um, but so then, it, you know, they kind of started having taken some artistic license. And so a lot of times it was like teams that were like their main letter, their the name of their school started with what I'll just call a straight, a straight letter, meaning a K and M and L, a Y, you know, so it's just a series of straight lines. And then they'd incorporate that letter into the the friction strip pattern, you know. And so there's, you know, some of them are actually pretty cool looking, but um, but they still weren't like emblems in the way that like a hockey, you know, sweater mm -hmm. might, might have. Uh, but then the earliest one I found was Furman, um, in 1925, had a bullseye on there. You know, I think it had three rings in it. So and, a and, bullseye. And folk, folks, you have to see, go to the show notes and go to the link of Tim's story on this, on the tidbit, and you'll see this great image of, of the Furman team from 1925 that he's describing. You'll see exactly what he talks about. These uniforms are really great. I'm looking at it right now. It's uh looks like a, a certain uh, red department store would be very pleased with these jerseys. They can make a yeah, commercial yeah. out of this. <laughs> Although it was purple and white, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, they, they, uh, somehow they got a hold of one of those things. So their their archives has one of those original jerseys. And really cool looking. Um, so now why Furman had a target on their jerseys, I don't know. But um, Maybe uh, to, to help the quarterback with the forward pass downfield? Well, all the linemen had it too. So. <laughs> um, so, and then the next one I found uh, was Bucknell, which is actually kind of interesting. That was like Bucknell in 1930. They've got um, they've got a small number up, kind of on the chest, on the front of their jersey, and then 
uh, down uh, basically on the belly, there's two Bucknellas, the bison. And so there's two buffaloes or bison uh, kind of charging at each other, uh, you know, kind of across the on the belly. And so, you know, they've got both the emblem and the number. And then uh, then the kind of the weirdest one, I think, is probably 1932 Lafayette. So same general neighborhood as Bucknell. It's, you know, there's goofballs from from Pennsylvania. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, they're named after the Marquis de Lafayette. And so they have this kind of looks like uh, the outline of George Washington on a court, right? You know, that profile, mm-hmm. but it's, a, it's an image or it's a profile of the marquee and it's sitting there on the Jersey. It's like, it's fine enough. You know, there's like little inset lines where his nose is or his ears are, whatever it is. Um, and there's no way anybody in the stands could see that stuff, you know, even on a small stadium. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, it's so finely done that it, it kind of just, it didn't make any sense, frankly, but, uh, but anyways, it's just this great image and it's like, who the heck decided to put that baby on, you know, on the front of the jersey? <laughs> yeah. You, you have two different images. You have like a full team picture of, of the Lafayette team, you know, all the members sitting in the bleachers and it's kind of far away and you can, you can see that's maybe a, a somebody's head it looks almost like, uh, uh, you know, the front of a dime, you know, that kind of image. But then you have a picture of like five players a little bit closer and you can see, uh, you know, the marquee on there. So it's a a very, very detailed for an emblem on the front of a Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred years ago. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, presumably it's a black and white image. So I I assume it's all just a white or gray or something, you know, logo. So even like the Blackhawks, you know, there's multiple colors and, um, so at least helps, you know, helps you kind of differentiate the features in a face. Um, but anyways, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, I mean, football at that time, um, you know, football didn't require numbers on the jerseys, on the front of the jerseys until 1937. Um, and it was like in 41 where they started numbering by position, you know, so guards wearing this number and tackles wearing that. Um, but, you know, so, I mean, so these, these preceded those rules, right? So it's one of those like, okay, well, why didn't football have more emblems? You know, they could, they could have, right? Right. Uh, and other sports did, but football for whatever reason didn't go the emblem route. And, you know, ultimately the space got taken over by numbers. Well, perhaps it was this 1932 Lafayette jersey that just did them in. They said, we, we, we've got to stop this. this we've got to stop a, the madness. That's a reasonable <laughs> assumption to make. <laughs> However, isn't 1932, isn't it that same era where you have uh, claims to the ugliest uniforms in football history? Yes, the 30s. 30s are the the 30s in general. And kind of the, the longer you got in, the further you got into the decade, the worse it got. Um, so, so maybe Lafayette was... Uh, not so bad compared to their their peers at the time. Yeah, well, I'd have to see the back of their pants in order to <laughs> make a judgment because uh, the '30s you saw all those stripes up the back of the pants that are absolutely hideous. Of course, the the poor guy's head is trapped in between two friction strips. Uh, you know, so if, if those are walls, yeah. he's not gonna have a very good view of anything <laughs> looking off that jersey. 
Well, very interesting, Tim. This is uh, something I've never really thought about with the emblems, uh, you know, being on hockey and, and, you know, so prevalent and why they aren't in football. I never really thought of it, but you really pointed out something uh, else, that the, the obvious that uh, probably many of us overlook and gave us a history on it. And we really appreciate that. And, and you do this a lot. You have these little oddities that, uh, you know, we we probably should know and just don't think about, but you do it on a daily basis and it's really fascinating. I think the listeners would love to to enjoy some of these uh, and your tidbits each and every day. So please share with us how we can uh, to share and uh, learning this. Sure. Uh, real simple. Go out to my website, uh, footballarchaeology.com. Um, any story that's out there gives you an opportunity at the end to subscribe. Um, and and if you haven't been there before, I think it, it kind of forces you to at least say yes or no to subscribing. But anyways, you, if you subscribe, you'll get an email every day at 7 o'clock Eastern that has that day's story, um, typically a one- or two-minute read with a couple of pictures. And um, alternatively, you can follow me on Twitter at Football Archaeology. And, you know, then it becomes more hit or miss because, um, you know, the way Twitter's working nowadays, who sees what is a total mystery. <laughs> so. All right. Well, Tim, we thank you very much for, for sharing your time and sharing your knowledge and uh, information with us on a daily basis. And we thank you for joining us each Tuesday to talk about some of these. And uh, we hope to talk to you again next Tuesday. Yeah, I'll see you in a week from now. Thanks. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleat Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.